I feel like I haven't talked to you in ages. Let's cuddle up and have a little chat. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. As you know, if you listened to the last episode, I am moving away from the weekly release idea that I've been doing for a long time. This is the 101st episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Super proud of that, but I'm going to be honest. I forced myself after releasing the last episode of the podcast, the 100th special... I forced myself to take a one-week hiatus. No show prep, nothing. And I'll be honest, it was very nice. It was very relaxing. I was able to focus on school stuff. I'm very busy there right now. I did want to cheat. I want to say Saturday or Sunday. I started thinking maybe I should go work on show prep. It's like, no, it's not Wednesday yet. Hold your horses, buddy boy. (laughs) However, my week-long hiatus ended on Wednesday of this week. Thursday night, sure as shit, I was doing show prep. And here it is on Friday. I have finished show prep and I am recording the episode. I am glad to be back with you, but I want you to know that this feels so much better, so much more relaxed. I'm going to just do this at my own pace, have fun with it, and still make sure that I give you guys plenty of regular content. I don't really have a ton of updates for you guys. I've just been busy. Luckily, I've gotten over. My voice is still a little, as you can hear, a little gritty as I continue to get over the sinus infection that plagued me, assuming that's what it was. Now we have a bunch of kids at the school that all have the flu, so there's a lot of absences, and thank goodness, I'm hoping my immune system, from having recently beaten something, is strong. By the power of Grayskull! My kitty goobs, Gooby McGee, technically Cessna, but you know, I don't call her Cessna, but she is also suffering from a respiratory infection. She had to go get a shot. It was a struggle to get her into the carrier. In fact, I even called the veterinarian and I said, I can't get her into the carrier. I think I'm going to have to reschedule my appointment. And they said, okay. And so we rescheduled an appointment. And then five minutes later, I'm like, you know what? I'm making this shit happen. I figured it out and Gooby got her shot. And so she is on the mend. Yay for Gooby. Before getting to today's topic, I want to remind you all that you can go follow me on social media on Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram, or Facebook. I forgot that one. At Jeff Becomes Jeff. Please go follow, send comments, send suggestions. I would love that. So I've bitched and moaned in previous episodes about PC culture and how much I hate political correctness. So this episode is going to be really driven down to the comments aspect of political correctness or what I call the comedy police. But do not think that you do not live in a absolute politically correct society right now. It's crazy. It's out of control. Free speech? What's that? I don't know anymore because it's been gone for a long time because of the ideology of political correctness. Oh, you're not black. You're African American. You're not Chinese. You're Asian American. You're not an Indian. You're a Native American. 
you're not a white guy. You're a, uh, wait, I guess you are still a white guy. Well, shit, we didn't get a freaking fancy nickname. That's bullshit. But you gotta say the right words. You can't say the wrong things. You can say the wrong things, but with the right intent, as long as it is supporting those things, I don't know. But let's talk about, you know, cancel culture. Oh my, we're gonna cancel everyone and have their jobs and their livelihood taken away from them for something they just thought was funny. Just making a joke. Yes, I know jokes can be hurtful, but they're not for every audience in every situation. Let's look at Dave Chappelle recently, who was subject of cancel culture. Everyone wanted to try and get Dave Chappelle canceled. Well, not everyone. The LGBTQ community, because he made jokes about the LGBTQ community in multiple of his Netflix comedy specials. He put out a shit ton of specials, I don't know, five, maybe six, in just a couple years. That was a lot. Not sure a comedian has ever done that before. But he even states, you know, in those specials that he is friends with LGBTQ people. He does not discriminate, but he can still tell a fucking joke. Luckily for Dave Chappelle, I mean, he's just too freaking huge of a name, and Netflix spent a lot of money to put those specials out, so there was just too much business and fame involved that he never really got canceled. It didn't do shit. He didn't care. He wasn't apologetic. The only way that he apologized was in his comedy, which wasn't really even that apologetic, which I respect him for. I want to point out that Netflix never once, as far as I know, ever made a statement apologizing for the words of Dave Chappelle. We're going to pull his comedy specials right away. Nope. Too much money, too much bling tied up into that contract. Netflix didn't say shit. Netflix didn't do shit. Hypocrisy, people. Not only did Netflix not do shit, but I'm pretty sure Dave Chappelle won a Grammy for one of those comedy specials for Best Comedy Album of the Year. While we're talking about outspoken comics who hate the cancel culture or the lack of freedom to be able to say what they want to say in comedy, let's talk about John Cleese. He's like the most well-known member of Monty Python. Rule six, there is now! Rule six, rule seven, now Now posters! That concludes the reading of the rules. And at some point in recent time, he said that wokeness is going to stifle creativity. Well, of course it is. Very similarly to that quote, Chris Rock said at one point recently that all of the finger quotes unfunny shows that he sees on television are because everybody's scared to make a move. Absolutely. No one wants to say anything that's going to be deemed offensive by anyone now or in the future because we now know that your past, well, that's on trial too. We'll get to that later. Don't worry. Let's talk about the fact that Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and Tina Fey have all had to make relatively recent apologies for old skits in which they appeared in blackface. But we're going to discuss that more in detail later as well. But what it boils down to in the end is an apology. A very, as far as I'm concerned, unsincere apology. A lot of apologies have a lot of very well-crafted words that would not normally come out of the human mouth. And because everyone is so easily butthurt and so thin-skinned, everyone or someone is going to be offended by something. And then because of social media, social media, 
right? People pile on like this snowball of bullshit that they never really cared about before. They just saw it, and I want to trend too. But here's the deal, especially with comedy or entertainment. If you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. Don't pay money for it. There's a lot of shit that you watch that I find probably offensive, like Lifetime Christmas movies. Pretending that the mall Santa is the real Santa. Here's your gift, Susie. How did he know her name? But I think the whole thing of apologies, it's stupid. It's just people to save face, move on, get themselves out of the headlines and out of the tweets. And it works. Like, it's throwing water on a fire. And people are so fucking stupid that as soon as that apology comes out, it's like, okay, I like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and Tina Fey again. So let's look at some celebrity apologies. This was just in the year 2020, so not that long ago. Wendy Williams, the TV show personality, she had to apologize because she called out Joaquin Phoenix, the guy who played the Joker, been in a ton of stuff, love Joaquin Phoenix, but she called him oddly attractive, which, you know, to me, that makes sense. Apparently, she also made mention about his oddity of his lip, which she thought maybe was a cleft palate, but apparently Joaquin Phoenix has said it's just a birthmark. Guess what, Joaquin? I've seen your fucking lip. That ain't no fucking birthmark. That's a scar of some sort. Just a flesh wound. Anyway, following this little comment, there was online backlash from Wendy Williams fans, not to mention the fact it got piled on by celebrities like Cher and Adam Big Hill. Who? Yeah, who, exactly. He's apparently a Canadian football player. Who cares? Wendy Williams, of course, immediately apologized to the cleft palate community. Probably not the biggest community. And then proceeded to donate money to one of the cleft palate community's charities. Total bullshit. She never would have donated to a cleft palate charity prior to that incident. She didn't believe in the cause. She didn't believe in the apology. Oh no, more Wendy Williams? Yes, unfortunately, less than a month later, Wendy Williams got herself in more hot water when talking about the dumbest holiday, if that's what you'll call it, called Galentine's Day, where apparently women get together to bitch about their significant others or they're single and bitch about being single, but it's like a Valentine's Day celebration, but only for the gals. Well, it seems that gay men have started to celebrate Valentine's Day as well, and Wendy Williams, she didn't like that. And she specifically told the gay community to stop wearing our skirts and our heels. That's a big no-no, Wendy. Especially after just talking about Joaquin Phoenix's cleft palate. Of course, Wendy Williams soon released a video apology where she was crying and saying I'm sorry to her LGBTQ fans. Saving face, total bullshit. If she was apologetic, she would have apologized right after she said those comments, not after the backlash. Or rather, more likely, she would have never made those comments in the first place. So, Wendy Williams, you really Really fucked up in 2020. It was a bad year for the rest of us, but for Wendy, whew, we're still in 2020, people. These are still stupid celebrity apologies. Tyra Banks, in 2020, had to apologize for a clip from America's Next Top Model from 2006. Yes, 14 years earlier. What? Where she told a model that the gap in your teeth, it's not marketable. And I recommend you get the gap closed in your teeth if you want to be a cover girl model. And yes, she apologized for this comment that was 14 years old, despite the fact 
fact that I'm going to guess that the gap in that model's teeth probably wasn't marketable. That was probably good feedback. But oh my god, god forbid someone make a comment about my physique. I want to be a model. Can I be gangly and ugly? We need to be all inclusive. Still, in 2020, Lana Del Rey, I'm pretty sure she's a musician, a famous musician, heard the name. If she is a musician, clearly, I've never heard her music. But she was called out in 2020 by, all right, Kalani, K-E-H-L-A-N-I, and Tinashe, T-I-N-A-S-H-E. I'm probably butchering the pronunciations because I've never heard of these people before. But they apparently called out Lana Del Rey for posting videos online about the Black Lives Matters riots and looters where it showed the faces of the rioters and the looters. And Kalani, if I'm getting that right, took to Twitter or whatever social media, probably Twitter, to say that she was endangering the lives of black people by disclosing their identity, or as the rest of the country would call it, reporting a crime. But Lana Del Rey did remove those posts shortly thereafter. However, she did it quietly and, as far as I know, with no verbal apology. In fact, she went so far, and I love the fact that she did this, to post something later that said, Making it about race says so much more about you than it does about me. So good for you, Lana Del Rey. But not so good, because you took the videos down. Son of a bitch, we needed those for the crime scene investigation. Let's rewind to go back to Jimmy Fallon's blackface and the apology that came with it. So in 2020, that's where we're at still, he apologized for a 2000 Saturday Night Live skit where he wore black makeup to appear as Chris Rock in a skit. So yes, this was an apology for a skit that was 20 years old at a different time when things were maybe less offensive or more acceptable. Also, he was part of a company and a corporation. Anyone else in that room could have said, hey, maybe the blackface isn't a good idea. Wasn't just on Jimmy Fallon, but unfortunately he was the one in the blackface, so he was the one that had to make the apology 20 fucking years later. Here is Fallon's cringeworthy apology. He said, there is no excuse for this. I'm very sorry for making this unquestionably offensive decision and thank all of you for holding me accountable. That is so written. So not genuine. No one uses the word unquestionably. Doesn't happen. Trust me, I consider myself quite the master of the English language. Okay, not a master, but intermediate slash advanced, and I would probably never use the word unquestionably in a sentence naturally. Wouldn't happen. Also, I want to know where is Eddie Murphy's apology for his skit back in, I don't know, the 80s, I guess, where he went in whiteface to mock white people. Certainly, there's an apology out there for that one. Now, I want to make it clear that I don't think think Eddie Murphy should apologize for that. I don't think Jimmy Fallon should have had to apologize for what happened in 2000. He should have just said, you know what, it was what it was. Sorry that, you know, it bothers you 20 years later. Sorry that you're so bored that you're trying to fuck up my life by looking at things that I did 20 years ago. What kind of person were you 20 years ago? Are you the same person you are now? Do you have every single same ideology and moral and ethical value? Probably not. Because you've grown. You've learned. All right, let's keep on moving. 
moving through the 2020 apologies. Oh, wait, more blackface? Yes, unfortunately, more blackface apologies. This one was from David Byrne, the former frontman of the Talking Heads. He apologized in 2020 for a 1984 appearance in a skit for the band's live concert footage. In this skit, he was painted to look like a black man. And in his apology, he said, I acknowledge it was a major mistake in judgment that showed a lack of real understanding. Let me point out that, you know, wearing blackface or rather makeup to look like a black man, similar to what Eddie Murphy did to look like a white man. In fact, that was the whole gist of the skit, that is not blackface. Blackface is a very old term for a very old almost vaudevillian theater paint style where white men would wear very dark makeup on their face. They would leave the skin around their lips untouched so that their lips looked bigger. It was, yes, I can see that as being now considered offensive. But putting on makeup to be theatrical or a costume, that does not make you a racist. That is simply called theater, and in this case, comedy. The last apology we will talk about from 2020 is from the actress Anne Hathaway. So apparently, I don't know, I never saw the show, but there was a show on HBO Max called The Witches. It might still be running for all I know, but in the show, which was based on a book by, I will never get this name right, Roald Dahl, the guy who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Anyway, the show is based on a book or a story of his, and she portrays one of the main characters, which is a witch. That was a weird thing to say, but she is a witch that has three fingers on each hand. Well, apparently, this caused uproar in the disabled community amongst the people who have... Gotta look at this to make sure I get it right. Ectrodactyly. I totally butchered that, I'm sure. But it's apparently a physical condition where people only have three fingers on their hand. Oh my god. Really? You're offended for the first time? You're fucking represented. Positively. This is a lead character. But unfortunately, Anne Hathaway felt the need to apologize and say, Finger quotes! Now that I know better, I promise I'll do better. Oh my god, is that not something you would hear from like a three-year-old? Now that I know better, I promise I'll do better, daddy. Okay, son. Fucking stupid. Also, Warner Brothers Studios, yeah, that's right, because remember, Anne Hathaway didn't pick the character. She was given the role. It was based on a book. She did not have the idea to have three fingers. Warner Brothers, the studio, also released a statement where they said we are deeply saddened. Do you think they were deeply saddened? They were that upset? They were in a depth of sadness. We're in a well of sadness. I don't know how we'll ever get out of it. And also they regret any offense caused. Sorry we represented this book accurately with a three-fingered witch that clearly is not a real character, but you take offense to with your ectodactylily disease, which for the record sounds like a dinosaur. We're deeply saddened. (laughs) 
All right, so now we have discussed the, you know, apology bullshit that goes along with the cancel culture of comedy or just in general, celebrities. So now let's look at some of the, I guess, comedy blunders from comedians, including a cancellation, for things they just thought were funny. And you know what? I'm always going to defend the comic. Never going to defend the PC culture. If you don't like what the comic has to say, don't buy their ticket. Don't watch their comedy special. That is on you if you're that thin-skinned and easily offended. Just, you know, avoid all of the stuff that might be offensive, like everything. I am, I am too hurt. I, I am and shocked and, and offended and, and hurt. So we're going to start in 2015 with comedian Amy Schumer, who I believe is related to Chuck Schumer, the Democrat in the government, who's part of the problem. Not because he's a Democrat, because he's part of the government. But in 2015, Amy Schumer was forced to apologize for a tweet she made in 2010, so again, five years old, where she said, I used to date Hispanic guys. Now I prefer consensual. Okay, yeah, that's a little harsh because it calls out one specific nationality or ethnic group, but it's also just a joke. It also implies that she's fucked a lot of Hispanic people. So clearly she's not a racist. She just made a comedic joke or comment that she knew would trigger people's emotions because that's part of what comedy is. You have to grab them. You can't just go up there and talk to them. So I went to the bank today. And I, I said hi to the girl in the window. She asked me how my day was. I said, you know, not too bad. How about that weather? She laughed and said she didn't bring a raincoat today, which she regretted. Then I made a withdrawal. That's not funny. You can't have a conversation. You have to grab people with things that they're not expecting. I've done stand-up comedy, and I'm telling you, the shock factor sometimes, even if it's not dirty or offensive, still grabbing people when they don't expect it, that is part of writing comedy. A punchline in every joke is pretty much like the ending of an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It is the twist. It's what you don't expect. If you expected it, it wouldn't be a punchline because you'd already... I know where this joke is going. But no, a joke ends with a twist, with a shock. A shock to the system. So I defend comedy over PC. Let's talk about Joan Rivers, the notorious, famous comedian. Back in 2013, she actually drew the attention of the Anti-Defamation League. Yes, there is a league for anti-defamation. ADL, assemble! But she got in trouble 
because she was commenting on the model Heidi Klum, which I'm going to say right now, most German name I've ever heard in my life. Heidi Klum. And when they were at the Oscars, you know, Joan was doing her comedy slash fashion review. And when she saw Heidi Klum's dress, Heidi Klum, she said the last time a German looked this hot was when they were pushing Jews into the ovens. Okay, yeah, that maybe crosses the line. It's a little harsh, but also pretty funny, pretty clever. And remember, this isn't me saying this. I'm just quoting Joan Rivers' cringeworthy moment. But I want you to also remember that Joan Rivers, or rather by birth, Joan Alexandra Malinsky was a child of Russian Jewish immigrants. As a matter of fact, she was in her teenage years when World War II and the Holocaust were taking place. So is it now less offensive because someone of Jewish descent made that Jewish comment? But that's the question we have to answer is where do we draw that line between what is funny in general and what is funny by these guidelines? Finally, in this category, let's talk about Gilbert Gottfried, who I think is hilarious. I love his weird delivery. I love the dirtiness and the rawness of his comedy. It's just edgy AF. A family is sitting around the breakfast table. A father, mother, and the two little boys. The mother goes up to one of the little boys and goes, so what would you like for breakfast? He goes, I'll have the fucking French toast. So she smacks him across the face, starts beating him. Then the father takes off his belt and starts whipping the kid with it. And the mother's slapping him, and the father's whipping the kid. And then they send him off crying hysterically to his room. And then the mother goes up to the other little boy and goes, and what would you like for breakfast? And the little boy goes, I sure don't want the f***ing French toast. But as you may know, he was the voice of Aflac. Aflac. And of course, now they just have someone doing a similar voice because they couldn't pay Gilbert Gottfried anymore because they had to cancel him because of a tweet he made. This was back in 2011, right after a tsunami in Japan. Gilbert tweeted, Japan has really advanced. They don't have to go to the beach. The beach comes to them. Now again, we know Japan is very technologically advanced. This is what the joke is. They bring the beach to them. Like, okay, the shore doesn't have to be the shore. We'll let the ocean in even further. It was, yes, tasteless. Maybe too soon. Is there such thing? That's what we have to ask ourselves. I don't think there's such thing as too soon. But of course, Gilbert issued an apology, as he knew he had to do, for his finger quotes attempt at humor. No, it wasn't an attempt at humor. It was a joke. It was funny. Just maybe poorly timed and in a world that was growing more and more thin-skinned by the day. The fact is that comedy is not supposed to have rules. And, you know, like Gilbert's tweet, laughing at tragedy, I mean, that's actually a very good and therapeutic thing. Like, how many funerals have you gone to where there are just so many conversations going on where people are telling funny stories, silly stories, about the person in the casket. That is very normal. We're getting through our grief with humor. Unless someone doesn't like it on Twitter, all of a sudden, people snowball, they pile on, and now you, sir, 
you're canceled. And Gilbert Gottfried, he lost his job at Affleck over that one friggin' tweet, despite the apology. Joan Rivers said Germans never looked this hot since they were pushing Jews into the oven. No cancellation. Sure, she apologized, but no cancellation. Amy Schumer, Hispanics are all rapists. No cancellation. Gilbert Gottfried, Japan is technologically advanced. Tsunami joke. Bye-bye. You know, I think about this a lot when I'm making the podcast because I do talk about things that I know are offensive and are non-politically correct and rail against the societal norms and expectations for finger quotes acceptance. However, I'm not beholden right now to any advertisers. I'm not beholden to corporate bosses. This is my show. However, I have put out shows where I was worried after I released the show that someone might complain and one or more platforms might pull my show. If you are a long-term listener to the podcast, you will know exactly what episodes I'm talking about. But when it boils down to it, we're supposed to have free speech. Now, we have the illusion of free speech. It's kind of like, you know, opening a door from the prison to a prisoner and saying, you can go anywhere you want in the world. long as you don't climb that fence. What? That is what our speech is like now. You can say anything you want as long as it doesn't offend this person or cross this line. But like I've said, if you're offended by something, then just simply ignore it. Don't pay for it. Don't watch it. I see this all the time at the school that I work at with younger kids around older kids who just kind of tease at them playfully, but, you know, just poking that bear constantly because they know the younger kid is going to get annoyed and just get really angry. So our society right now is basically a bunch of six or seven year olds having a little temper tantrum because we can't just fucking ignore something that we don't like, that we know is prodding us, that we know is trying to offend us, that we know is trying to get under our skin. Ignore it. Also, let's not forget the times change. The shit that Jimmy Fallon did in 2000, that was a different time. There were no iPhones. There was barely internet. There was no streaming services. There was no social media. Things didn't seem as offensive because there weren't people to snowball on all of those platforms and feel like they were a part of some social cause. So no, I don't think people should have to apologize for things back in 2000. I will tell you, speaking of blackface, which we have discussed, there was one time where I wore blackface. It was to a show that a band asked me to fill in on bass, and it was a Halloween show, and we were doing Tina and Ike Turner. The entire band was white except for the drummer who was black. One of my good friends, Glenn, and former drummer in multiple bands of mine. But for this show, me and the bass player, we put on basically brown makeup to look like we were part of the band while the singer wore more of a white face because Tina's lighter skinned. And I'll be honest, Glenn actually helped us put our makeup on at points, or at least fix it. We weren't being racist. We were being theatrical and representative of what we were trying to do at a Halloween fucking show. I will never, ever apologize for the fact that I did that. In fact, if I were doing that show next year on Halloween, I would do it again. Listen to the story now. Left a good job in the city. 
right, that concludes this episode of the podcast. I want to ask everyone to quit being so fucking butthurt. Quit being so thin-skinned. Laugh at shit that you don't think you're supposed to laugh at. And fuck what society tells you is supposed to be funny. Until next time, I'm Jeff. I am, I am too hurt. I, I am and shocked and, and offended and, and hurt. And I'm, I'm so afraid to say anything. They might, you know, cancel me. Um, uh, what do I say? Um, I guess I'm Jeff. <laughs> Good night. to the devil and I prayed and I showed him the mess that I've made and I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over but the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire and said can you turn the heat a little higher cause I've been burned and I've been burned Time's over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the sea. Said, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over. But she receded from Whoa.